0: this morning for Freedom Sunday, and we're thankful for the five organizations that are going to be sharing in just a moment, and I'll be talking more about that and introducing them. But I wanted to share with you recently something that happened to me. How many go shopping, grocery shopping on Saturdays? Anybody? I know it's crazy, isn't it? You know, it's like going to Woodman's is like a study in anthropology, and um, you know, just checking all the different people and cultures and different things. I was going there to pick up some items, and I was going up and down the the aisles looking for an open stall. And finally, I see this guy um, walking towards a car in the stall that I was traversing down, and I knew that he was probably gonna be getting in and backing out, so I stopped. I pulled up and stopped turning on my turn signal. I sat there and waited, and he adjusted his seat belt, and he put his car in reverse, and he was getting ready to back out, when another car pulls into the same aisle, sees that he's backing out, ignores my turn signal, and pulls right into the stall that I was waiting to occupy. Has that ever happened to any of you before? You know, especially like on the end caps, you know, they just And they didn't even have the gall to, to apologize or to even make eye contact with me, and I was just sitting there thinking, I, I want to jump out of the car and settle the score, you know? And um, I was like, what injustice? But that's not the justice, injustice that we're talking about this morning, although that happens to a lot of us a lot of times. The injustice that we're talking about this morning is a specific kind of sin. Injustice is the abuse of power. Listen, injustice is the abuse of power to take, to take from others the good things that God intends for them their life, their dignity, and the fruits of their love and their labor. I want to share with you a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes in chapter 4, verse 1. It's a painful picture of injustice. It says, again, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they have no comforter. Power was on the side of their oppressors, and they have no comforter. See, this is the biblical picture of injustice. This is the picture of someone who has power oppressing someone who does not. This is someone who has taking from someone who has not. We see the story, and we've been in the journey through the, um, the book, the story, the chronological happenings of the word of God and we covered this specific story when we were going through the Old Testament talking about the biblical king of David in Israel and how he, and one spring morning he wakes up and he's out on the rooftops and he notices a woman a couple rooftops away who happens to be married bathing and he decides he wants her for his wife. So he abuses his kingly authority to take Bathsheba for himself and then he tries to cover up this abuse by getting rid of her husband, putting him on the front lines of the war. Having him purposely murdered. So when the prophet Nathan comes in 2 Samuel chapter 12, he confronts King David primarily on his abuse of power. We could say yeah, but Lance, that's an ancient text or that's an ancient story those types of things don't happen today but how many know that that's not true just as it happened over 2,000 years ago these types of abuses of power these injustices are happening not only overseas but how many know that they're happening right here in our city in our county it's not it happens almost weekly. It's not something that just happens monthly, but there's oftentimes as I'm scrolling through the news that I'll see stories of human trafficking. I'll see stories of um, modern day examples of slavery. Someone getting busted or um, arrested for such travesty. I want to share some statistics with you, and before I do that, I would like to have the ushers come. You should have received um, this note sheet in your welcome packet. If you don't have it out, you can grab it right now. And if you don't have it, a copy of it, just raise your hand and our ushers will grab grab you one. And they'll also have a pen if you want to take some notes, and I encourage you to do so this morning. There are over 40 million people who are held in slavery today. 40 million people. I love what Judah had us do this morning. Freedom is theirs. In Jesus' name. Thinking about those 40 million people. One in four slaves is a child. Isn't that terrible? In 2016, 3.8 million adults were victims of forced sexual exploitation. And one million... 1 million children were victims of commercial sexual exploitation. And the vast majority of those victims were women and girls, 99 percent. Why does it exist? I think this next, next statistic tells us. Human trafficking generates about 150 billion, not million, 150 billion a year, two thirds from commercial sexual exploitation. Quick side note here. America is the number one consumer. We drive the market. We drive the demand. Let that sink in. A child goes missing in India every eight minutes. And nearly half are never found. Globally, four billion people live outside the protection of the law. And we respond by saying, how is this possible? How is it possible that 40 million people could be held in slavery today if we don't know it? There are many people who say, hasn't slavery ended? Wasn't that abolished? Isn't something slavery something of the past? I can assure you, friends, slavery still exists. What do we do with these statistics? What do we do with this information? How do we respond as a church to such injustice? And then the last question, how does God feel about this? We saw in the video that was just played the reading of Isaiah and Jesus in Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 20. As he's around 30 years of age, I, I love how this so ties into where we, are, where we are in our journey through the Word of God and in the story. We've been talking about this very time frame. Jesus here, at the, around the age of 30, he's beginning his public ministry. It's a crucial moment where Jesus is about to to share or define what his mission is going to be about. And, and it reads like, almost like a scene from a movie script. And he gets up and he goes to talk and somebody hands him an ancient scroll and he unrolls it and he reads these words. It says, Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee and, and reports about him spread through all the surrounding country, he began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll, the prophet Isaiah, was given to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord Is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. This is his mission. He's announcing his mission. To let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And it says, the eyes of all that were sitting there in the synagogue were fixed on him. Good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, eyesight for the blind, the end of oppression, and the start of the year of Jubilee to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's why our friends at the International Justice Mission That's why our friends at Freedom Swim here in Middleton, Wisconsin, and our friends at the Ethical Trading Company, and our friends at Selfless Ambition and Every Daughter have decided we're going to do something about this because we want to be passionate about what's passionate to our Lord. We want to join them in being freedom fighters, freedom stealers, in Jesus' name. So we've invited five local organizations who are doing something that is not only impacting our Jerusalem, but it's impacting our Judea and and our Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And first off, I want you to welcome with me IJM International Justice Missions um, Regional Ambassador from the city of Milwaukee, Tim Bodnar, is gonna come. Why don't you make him welcome this morning. Good
1: morning, everyone. What a privilege it is to be here today on Freedom Sunday, where I don't know if you realize, but you're one of thousands of churches around the world that are taking their Sunday to focus on modern day slavery and and ways to stop it. Uh, My name is Tim Bodnar, and I'm a team member for IJM in the uh, southeast Wisconsin. As many of you know probably already, IJM stands for International Justice Mission and they're the largest anti-trafficking organization in the world. Um, And they operate in 17 countries around the world. I've been uh, working with IJM about nine years now, and it all started really the very first time that I heard about human trafficking. But actually, as I think about it more, it started even before that. It started back when I was a little boy. For whatever reason, I was a bully magnet. I was constantly getting picked on, but that was not the worst of it. When I went to the people who I thought could help me, my parents, the teachers, and the principal, they all just said, ignore it and it'll go away. But it never did. Fast forward 30 years, I'm married and have kids, I'm heavily involved in a church, and the senior pastor comes up to me one time, it's, or comes up before the group and said they're, they're letting go one of their pastors because they had done something inappropriate for a pastor to do. About that time, my wife noticed that one of her friends had stopped coming to the church. A phone call revealed that this pastor had used a counseling situation to try to build a personal relationship with this individual, and the results were devastating. But that wasn't the only bad part of it. The bad part of it was also that this church found it more comfortable to support the pastor than the victim. And obviously, that forced us to make a choice. we, we had to leave that church and it was very difficult. I was an officer in the church. I was heavily involved in all the activities. It was the source of our social life. And it was, just became a very lonely time for our family. When about that same time my sister-in-law came to me and said, you need to go to IGM's global prayer gathering. I said, no, not going. I think I'd had enough of Christian organizations at that particular part of my life And so I wasn't interested, but she kept insisting. And so finally I agreed that I would sign up for it. Oh well, I tried to sign up for it, and I found out, much to my relief, that it was full. Um, However, two weeks before the event, they call me and they say, Tim, we've got an opening for you, would you come? So there I go. And I cried the entire weekend, hearing about what was going on around the world, from people that are affected by it. And I, I just was so sad. But my sadness, sadness quickly turned to determination. Once I knew I had to do something about it. I knew this was my chance to stand up for the millions of victims of slavery around the world. I, don't, I only have a few minutes today, but I'm gonna share one story. I have many more. I had the opportunity to go to several of the IJM field offices around the world. When I, on my most recent trip, I went to the Dominican Republic where IJM works on sex trafficking, and particularly sex trafficking with, among children. As part of the visit, we got to go to an orphanage where IJM places some of their uh, clients uh, temporarily. And by the way, this uh, orphanage has a fantastic story to it on how it came about, but that'll be another time. Um, but our goal was just to go and play with the kids. So we broke up into teams, and we we're playing with the kids, and on one side, what caught my eye was this little five-year-old boy in a blue shirt that was just standing by themselves. And so I tried to encourage him to get involved, and, and soon I got him playing with the other kids. And uh, sometime later, as I was standing at the side trying to gather my breath, I, was, um, I felt this little hand grab mine. And I looked down, and my little blue shirt was holding my hand. And he stood there for a while just holding my hand before running off to join and play with the other kids. Um, Finally, it was time to go, and uh, we're all getting on the bus, and I hear my new friend say something to me in Spanish, but I I didn't really, couldn't make it out. So as we're on the bus driving away, I talked to the person next to me who I knew knew Spanish, and I said, what did he say? And he said, she said, I heard him, He said, when are you coming back? You know, that trip brought home to me uh, the the fact that IJM addresses real issues with real people. I will never forget Blue Shirt, and although I may never get a chance to see him again, I can help him. IJM has a program called Freedom Partners where you can give $24 or more a month to help support IJM and, and folks like that little boy. Today, you also have that opportunity. Um, And there's an even bigger opportunity this week is that in in September, gifts from new givers will be doubled. So that $30 will become $60 to IJM, a great way to get started. One other opportunity I want to make you aware of, um, although IJM works outside the United States, we do need volunteers here in Wisconsin. So there are many types of needs. And if you come to the table, I can help explain what they are and help you getting uh, signed up. And, and speaking of tangible ways to help, I'll turn this over now to the Blust family. And they're doing, have been doing some really amazing things for IJM. I'm so proud of them. Thanks so much for your time.
2: Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Ellen Blust. These are my daughters, Madeline, Caroline, and Sarah and some other of our family are sitting over there. Thank you guys for having us today. Um, Because of my daughter's idea, for the last three years, we've organized an event called Freedom Swim. And Freedom Swim is a a -a swim-a-thon in Middleton where kids swim for two hours on and off. They swim laps and they get pledges for their laps to raise money for IJM. Metro Believers Church has been a huge supporter for us. If you're out here and you've been a participant or helped in some way, can you stand up? Anybody? Awesome. And I think there is some more in Kids Station. Um, You guys have been such a support to us, and we're excited to tell you more today about how God is using this event.
3: So when we learned that there are over 40 million
2: slaves in the world today, we wanted to do something about it. We chose to raise money for IJM because it's the largest anti-slavery organization in the world. And they are working in places like India, Dominican Republic, and Ghana, and bringing hope to individuals and whole communities. And we're really impressed by what they do. So all together in three years, Freedom Swim has raised over $110,000 for IJM. Wow,
4: that's awesome. Yeah.
2: But what makes Freedom Swim so special is that it's all kids, ages 6 to 18, like these kids who just stood up, and they're becoming passionate advocates for the vulnerable around the world. So last year, we had 124 swimmers, and they learned that they can make a real impact for good in this world. We are grateful to see God using Freedom Swim to encourage families in the Madison community. Plus, Freedom Swim is a whole lot of fun. The winning team gets a fun party to celebrate. I've participated in Freedom Swim. It's a lot of fun. For 2019, we are excited to get more groups involved with this fun event, and we are dreaming of getting Freedom Swim going in other cities, too. Here's a slideshow from last year to give you an idea of how much fun these kids are having while working hard to help end slavery. the Brightest when we're shining together yeah. This little light Um, there are a few ways that you can get involved. You can check the uh, bulletin and talk to us in the back. Um, April 6 is the event this year. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Just this past year, they raised 57000 of that 110 that they had mentioned. Um, exciting thing for me, personally, is we've been a part of helping with them. And my son um, caught the vision and wanted to do something Um, in regards to helping to end modern day slavery so he put together um, a group from his high school and they were a part of it and then as a result of that I just want to let David and Ellen know um, he's went on to University of Minnesota and has become an advocate with IJM on the University of Minnesota campus so what you're doing is making a far reach impact so excited about that we have um, representatives from Ethical Trading Company I want to invite them to come now. James Ferrett and Manuel Raminger. Why don't you um, give them a warm welcome as they come to share about what they're doing.
5: Thank you, Lance. Good morning, NBC. Ethical Trading Company, if you will, is Metro Believer's own justice ministry. And uh, we're happy to be part of this church. And Ethical Trading Company is a fair trade store. It's a fair trade store with the goal of ending extreme poverty and slavery through trade creation. Of course, there's many issues that go into this area of human trafficking. Some of it is a society that does not value women and has you know, no way of ascribing value to a woman. And when somebody comes and says, hey, I'm gonna give you some money for your daughter, that's, they say, whoa, that's, that's amazing. Nobody ever has said something like that. So it's a worldview issue. It's a thinking issue. Another issue is the issue of extreme poverty. Uh, the other day, my son came home. We had donuts after school, and he was crying because he did not like the donuts that we had. And you know, it's, I'm sure you've experienced that. It's kind of funny, but it's also, it also broke my heart a little bit because I was thinking about extreme poverty where there's nothing in the house, and I think it's difficult for us to empathize with that because we look at what's happening. It's horrible, but we have no ability to actually think what is it like if you can't feed your kids. So what we're doing as a ethical trading company with our partners is create trade and create um, economic opportunities for people. There's villages that ETC has visited where there's generational prostitution with no other ability to work. And so we have partners that do rescue and restore ministries as well as prevention ministries. And uh, that's where we're sourcing from. We're creating trade or a business here in the United States non-profit business mind you it's volunteer run and uh, today we're here and you have an opportunity to look at some things that actually help end human trafficking and modern slavery by buying one-of-a-kind items
4: yeah so um, i one of the things I want to talk to you about is how you guys can get involved and I want to um, want to broaden it beyond just what you do what we do sorry so as I was driving to church today, the, uh, the verse of the day from the, uh, the Bible app popped up, and it was, uh, for freedom that Christ has said us free, therefore do not be burdened to, by the yoke of slavery. And I want to go one further and say, let, let not your freedom be built upon other people's exploitation. So think about what you're buying. Think about what you're buying. Because money is power, right? And, and oftentimes we, we spend hours rather frivolously, you know? So think about it so that's that's our goal is we want to we want to be a place where you can spend your money wisely so um some some areas that you could get involved with us is uh um, we're a business in we're a non nonprofit but we're a business so we have to sell product um in order to to do what we do uh we have a number of ministries that the way the the way that we work with them is by buying and selling their product so uh you can help out with some of our events that we do we do a, a ton of events in uh, madison and milwaukee uh you can uh, ha- have us around to your house to host a like a like a party uh yeah a product party i'm not sure what those are co- are called but also on october 16th this year we're running uh we're taking part in a united for freedom fundraiser online um yes yeah, so you can find out all of that by coming over and talking to us um yeah and we're happy to tell you more
0: Thanks, guys. It's awesome. Our next guest this morning is from Selfless Ambition, Henry Sanders, um, a good friend of Metro Believers Church. And we want to invite him to come and share his story of how they're helping spread compassionate acts of love right here in the city of Madison. And um, please make welcome our local Madisonian, a longtime Madison. You grew up in Madison, right, Henry? Of course. All right. So let's give it up for Henry Sanders this morning. Thank you.
6: Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, As he said, Lance said, "I'm from Madison. I grew up on the north side of town. I went to the best high school in the city, (laughs) East High School." (laughs) Any purgolders in the house? No. Okay. All right. There must, that must be a region over there. So I'm a West guy over there? Yeah, whatever. There's one in every room of you guys, I tell you. One in your room. Um, and so I grew, up on the mass and I grew up on the north side of town. Um, I, I started uh, working at a place called Veracourt Community Center on the north side. Uh, I worked for a woman named Congresswoman Tammy Baldwin, She's now Senator Tammy Baldwin. Um, I worked for a President Obama. I was a presidential appointee for President Obama. Uh, and I tell you these things for a reason. Um, I had to walk and talk with God. And through that talk and that process, he came to me and talking through our prayer time and saying, well, son, that's wonderful, all the wonderful things you're doing. You've you've worked for the President of the United States. Isn't that great? And you've you've done all this stuff in the community. Isn't that great, son? However, what are you doing for me to carry my flag in the community? It broke my heart. And then you start looking at some of the data going on in here in Dane County homelessness for youth. We have, in Madison alone, we have 800 kids who are homeless. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about sex trading? One out of three kids who are homeless sell sex to survive. And then you look at the data for reading. For African-American kids in our schools, in Madison School District, only 15% of them can read at a, at a reading proficiency rate for third grade level, 15%. I mean, that, that alone should be a, a state of emergency for the whole city. They build prisons off knowing the third grade. If They, they can tell you if the, these kids can't read at a third grade level, they build prison cells, prisons off of that data. True story. Google it. This is true. So God came to me and so said, what are you going to do, son? We have 4,800 nonprofits in our city, most per capita in the country, but we have some of the highest disparities. Yeah. So to me it was, what was the gap? It was a unity to me in the church, bringing the church together in Jesus' name to deal with some of these issues. This is, our battle is not just flesh and blood. That's right. And so to me it was, what can we do to get churches together? And so I go on and speak to churches of churches every day, all the time, and one thing I did find out is the church is divided. So I left politics to go help in the church, and I landed right back into politics. <laughs> True story. I've had pastors, I, have- I literally have pastors tell me, well, Henry, you worked for Tammy Baldwin, can you be a Christian? I've had other pastors say to me, well, our people are part of self ambition who voted for Trump. This is a true story and so, in the church. And so my, my calling is saying to you, if there's a need in the community here, we have 800 kids homeless in our schools today. We have kids who are hungry today. If we believe that Jesus is our savior, we have to put those things aside and put Jesus first. And I believe that the church is only when they can do it. The, the world hasn't done it. 4,800 non-profits per capita, and we still have some of the highest disparities. So what we're doing ourselves some business, we're trying to get the church to believe that we're the church and believe in the power, what it means to be a Christian, and getting outside the church walls. So this is great, but we want to go outside the church walls. And so we've been focused on the top 25 schools in the city. We've put school pantries in schools. Last week, our food pantry we put in Glendale. We fed over one week, two days. We fed over 75 households, over 100 kids, and over 100 adults, and five seniors. One week. One school. We started a life school, a micro school last year. The school just was saying at La Follette School, they're saying they had 15 students. Who were all black males by the way who were just troubling the school they couldn't know what to do with them they came to the church to ask us self send bishops and when i say us i mean all of us to help these kids so we started a micro school in a church in a church they came to us only god only god when um, earlier this summer in sun prairie there was a um, Every week we do, in the summer, we do something called Camp Tuesdays, which means we go to communities that are challenged, and we're just there every week, loving the kids, feeding them, playing with them. hundred kids easily in Sun Prairie. There was the explosion that happened in Sun Prairie this summer. They, those people who know the first call, I got a call at 3 a.m. from the people in Sun Prairie. They called the church to come help them. And again, this is not bringing on me, herself's ambition, this is saying the power of God is moving. And we're talking about sex trading, and we're talking about these children. The battle is for our youth. The battle is for our children. If we do not engage in this battle, the enemy will engage for this battle for our children. Depression is up. Suicide is up. Sex trading is up. All is for our youth. So we ask you ourselves ambitions, to join us. If it's not with us, if it's with these wonderful people back here, get involved. Jesus is the answer, but it also means being love in action. Thank you for your time. Thanks,
0: Thanks, Henry. Thanks for what you're doing in our community. I want to invite our last guest, every daughter, to come share what they do to minister and help women transition out of sexual exploitation.
3: Hi, Mentress Believers Church. Thanks for having us, we're really excited to be here. My name's Laura and I'm here with Mason Engel, and we represent Every Daughter. Every Daughter is a ministry here in Madison to women who are exploited through the commercial sex industry, either through sex trafficking or through prostitution. And so um, our purpose is to build relationships and trust with the women that we meet and offer support and prayer that's free of judgment and reflects the unconditional love of God. So we are an organization made up of women from across Dane County, all different churches, uh, including some some folks from Metro Believers Church. And um, what we do, we do lots of different things. Um, But one of the things that we do is directly contact women who are involved in the commercial sex industry and offer support and care. So not only do we offer relationships and connection with us, but also we can connect women to um, community partners who are already up and running in Madison to help meet their basic needs, um, overcome obstacles related to employment or uh, independence outside of the sex industry, as well as provide access to mental health treatment and substance abuse treatment if needed. Um, Often we encounter, or one of our community partners encounters a woman who's in, in need of immediate safety. And so in that situation, every daughter can provide short-term respite care for a woman, Uh, lodging, food, uh, oversight, on a short-term basis until a long-term plan can be made to ensure her safety and for her to achieve her goals, whatever they may be. Um, So in addition to the direct care of women, we couldn't do any of that if it weren't for our prayer corps. So every day of the week, we have women committed uh, to praying over not only our ministry, but the specific needs of the women that we're walking with at that time. Um, This group of prayer corps members meets monthly on Sunday afternoons. Uh, We would love to have you ladies join us if you're not already a part of this group. Uh, And then every quarter, we have a prayer gathering that's open to any woman outside of the prayer corps included, to come and join us in prayer, um, learn a little bit about our ministry, and uh, receive training over an issue that impacts the women that we work with, um, that impacts all of us, honestly. So, for example, at our last prayer gathering for the summer, we had a trauma therapist come and speak with us about The impact of trauma on our bodies, on our minds, um, and how this is specific to women who are involved in um, the commercial sex industry, either through prostitution or through trafficking. So, uh, our next prayer gathering, that's open to all, is um, happening on November 11th at City Church on the east side of Madison. So, we'd love to have you join us there. And then, in addition to um, the direct care of women, our prayer core. We also have an emergency care team. So, in I spoke before about when we provide that short-term respite care um, for a woman that's an, on an emergency basis. We don't know it's coming, and we have a lot of needs during that time. So, we have, um, you know, a need for meal delivery and transportation and running errands. So, all of these things um, have to be met. And so, we have a. Group of women who are willing to be contacted during those emergency moments um, to see if they're available and willing to help us out with some of those more logistical or basic needs during that time. Uh, so that's another way to be involved with us at Every Daughter. Um, so those are the kind of the teams that we have, but in addition, I wanted to mention an exciting collaboration that we have. Uh, in the upcoming months, we're partnering with Noonday Collection. I'm sure many of you have heard of them. They make amazing jewelry, they make um, textiles, all kinds of really beautiful items uh, that empowers and employs women across the world, many of whom are survivors. And uh, we're partnering with them, so if you are are wanting to host a trunk show in your home for Noonday Collection, we'll send a representative of every daughter to share more about our organization, answer questions. And then 10% of those proceeds go to Uh, Our ministry. So not only does that help us fund what we're doing, uh, but also helps us spread the word and invite more women to join our team and be a part of the work that we do. Uh, So I wanted to mention that, and then before I go, I also um, want to bring up a partner organization that's kind of in the starting phase, um, specifically calling men to be a part of this work. Men, your voice, and your role is so essential in ending the demand for the commercial sex industry, uh, the demand for sex trafficking, we can't do this without you. So I'm excited to announce Abolition Wisconsin is a partner organization of Every Daughter. This is um, in the very beginning stages, but if men, you are interested in joining a prayer corps really similar to the Every Daughter Prayer Corps and starting to pray and think about how to address the demand, we would love to talk with you about that as well at the every daughter table we have a sign up sheet where you can um, get invites and more information on that as well so um, that's every daughter in a really small nutshell there's a lot more to it Uh, again our purpose is to build relationships and trust with the women that we meet to serve them to um, reflect the unconditional never-ending all-pursuing love of our savior and our god who views every single one of these women as his precious daughters. So um, we'd love to talk with you more. Thanks again for having us. And uh, yeah, we'll meet a bunch of you after the service.
0: I just want to thank, too, Mason Engel for being here from Every Daughter, too. You can touch base with her and meet her as well back at the Every Daughter table. I want to have Pastor Glenn, our lead pastor, come and just recap some of the things that were shared this morning and how we can partner with
7: these ministries. Thanks, Lance. Wow. It's amazing to see uh, the needs that are represented here today. And that, we're just scratching the surface of what needs to happen and the, the problems in our community as well as around the world. Um, we wanted to, once again, partner with... IJM to just be a part of the, the Freedom Sunday. Um, I think, is this the third year we've done this? Third year? Um, and so we wanted to give people an opportunity to see um, some of the different ways that they can be involved with these ministries, and uh, not just today with, you know, giving, giving a couple bucks, but um, also ongoing. You know, if you're like most people, kind of look at this... The magnitude of what's going on, and you think, what What am I going to do? You know, it's you know, it's 40 million people. Um, what am I going to do? What's my little, you know, 50 or 100 dollars going to do to change that? And uh, you know, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about what I shared last Sunday um, during our um, series called "The Story," and just the idea of uh, Jesus who is teaching and healing and casting out devils and all that kind of stuff, um, decides he wants to go away a little bit and get, get by himself. And, and during that time, the Bible says that he, he couldn't because the crowd followed him. And, and as he got to where he was going, he turned to look and there was this multitude of people. It was um, just a ton of people. Matter of fact, the, the Bible says there was 5,000 men um, and women and children. And the estimation by most scholars is there was 15,000 people on the hillside. So he's teaching and God's confirming his word with signs following. And um, all of a sudden it's like dinner time. And, you know, he his disciples came to him and said, you know, it's getting late. We got to tell these folks to go back to town so they can they can go to like Five Guys and get a burger or you know maybe pizza hut or something and jesus said something that it was profound he said don't send them away you feed them and you can imagine the disciples going say what a uh, duh um i mean there's there's 15,000 people here and we're not prepared for that and um of course jesus says what do we have what do you have and Andrew, being the bright guy that he is, kind of comes up with the idea of we 've got five loaves and two fish there's a little boy that his mom packed his lunch today and came and you know just just he you know he 's got five loaves there and he 's got two fish and um, and so Jesus says, "Bring that dude's lunch here, bring his lunch here and the Bible says that he blessed it and they fed the multitude and then there was baskets left over. Now I don't know if you understand or you ever thought about it, but that's a miracle. Did you hear me? I said, that's a miracle. In other words, God, God got the job done with what he had to work with. And so God's not surprised that all of you are here today. And, you know, the fact that you're here is very, very significant. And um, This is what God has to work with here at Metro Believers Church right now, today, all right? So, the question was in the story of the the feeding of the 5,000 was, what do you have and will you give it to me to work with? (laughs) And, And I think that's the big challenge for us here at NBC. Some of you are watching online, live streaming, and you're a part of this family, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're part of another family, but you can still be involved. So, the idea is, what do you have? What do you have? That you, can, that you can give towards this, um, what do you have? And what do you have to give towards the offering? What do you have to, wor- to give towards these five different ministries that are involved in our community? That when the benediction is prayed and the last table is put away today, that, that somehow you'll be able to continue to be a part of making a difference in ending modern-day slavery and poverty And so Jesus took that and blessed it. And I believe whatever we do today, whatever whatever we end up with, whatever offering comes in and how we divvy it up among the ministries and whatever is involved, I believe believe that God is going to take that and use it supernaturally and miraculously for His glory to help impact this area that we're dealing with today. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and Um, They have envelopes with them um, that they can give you, as well as a pen if you need one. Um, I know most people don't bring checks, (laughs) but if you want an envelope for your giving. um, Also, there's the kiosk right back there in the back. There's an iPad and also on your phone. If you go to Metro Believers Church, you can actually give online. Just designate it, Freedom Sunday, and 100% of what you designate for Freedom Sunday will go into this um, offering that we're receiving today on behalf of uh, that Freedom Sunday idea. Um, as they're coming forward, are you guys up here? All right. What's that? Buckets? Good. Yeah, come. Um, you've got the envelopes. You've got whatever you want to give. Um, I just I think that we can make a difference here. And I love hearing the various things that each person has said Um, of how NBC has been involved, you know, with the Freedom Swim, with IJM, with uh, Henry, um, and Selfless Ambition, and with the idea of every daughter. My wife is involved with the prayer group, okay, um, that she goes to and helps, you know, just be a part of that whole prayer gathering. I know my wife's sporting some um, ethical trading jewelry this morning and clothing, correct? All right. And, uh, you know, we can, do, we can do something here, okay? We can make a difference. Amen? How many of you love making a difference? God put us on this planet to make a difference. And uh, I want to encourage us to do just that today. So we're going to pray, and uh, we're going to ask the Lord to do something significant here. Um, are we ready to pass baskets? Okay, good. Um, so Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have once again to pause in our busy lives with everything that's going on and and focus on what one of the things that's so important to you and that breaks your heart on behalf of your 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 children god and i just pray that you would use this offering and the way that people will partner with these ministries For your glory, this is our extensions. These are our extensions at Metro Believers Church for outreach and impact in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Thank you, God, that we get to be a part in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's go ahead and pass those baskets, and I I just want to remind you um, of those five tables. You got IJM that's up there on on the screen. You've got, uh, yeah, you've got um, Freedom Swim back there. You've got Selfless Ambition, Every Daughter, uh, and then, of course, Ethical Trading Company. And uh, we're just excited. We wanted to end just a little bit early um, today, a couple minutes anyway, so you would have time within our service to go back and visit those tables and talk to the people who run those ministries. Um, I'd love to see some of us get involved on that level and just be involved. I mean, selfless ambition is constantly sending out things of where you can serve. So, you know, bing, just, you know, that afternoon, typically, you can just get involved somewhere. They're doing something somewhere. I know that for a fact. And uh, also, don't forget that whatever you give, whatever we give as a church towards um, the uh, IJM, I'm sorry, um, it gets doubled during the month of uh, September. So that partnership card that you fill out back there will actually be worth, like he said, not just $30 a month or thereabouts, but 60 So it gets doubled because there's a donor that's saying whatever comes in during the month of September will be matched. So that's awesome that you can double your giving. Amen. Let's stand together. And I want to encourage you once again to stop by um, those booths, those tables, and find out what is going on. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that we get the chance to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we're we're just thankful for all that we have, God. But at the same time, our heart breaks for what people don't have. And we want to see things change and the disparities that seem to be happening in our community as well as around the world, for that to change, God. It ought not be. In 2018, God, it ought not be like that. So we ask for you to come now, Holy Spirit, and lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.